0: Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm your host today. This is Kim, and with me I have Marcy Nevin and Katie Crocus. Hi, ladies. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. How's everybody doing? Uh,
1: better now.
0: <laughs> we We're just a had solicitor. a. Little I'm just going to come right out and
1: say it. We had a we had a very nice like therapeutic discussion
0: pre-recording this. <laughs> yes. yes, I feel like a huge weight is lifted off my shoulders. So. Oh. Well, I'm glad to hear that because mainly I just brought my own crap to our pre-recorded conversation and we kind of took it from there.
2: Yeah, we all did, which was beautiful, which is what (laughs) friends are for, right?
0: Yes. And one thing I always say, this is one of my very favorite
1: quotes from the amazing Brene Brown, that like shame cannot survive being spoken, secrets cannot survive being spoken. And I'm not saying that the things that we were talking about were like shameful by any means, but they were heavy things that I think we're all feeling and hadn't really articulated. And when you keep that in, it has so much power over you. And you often feel like you're the only one who feels this way. Like, and I talk to my clients about this all the time, especially with some of the the deeper inner work, how they feel about themselves, the things that they do kind of behind closed doors. And I'm like, trust me, you are not the only one who Mm -hmm. feels this way, who does these things. And the more you believe that you are, the more you hold it in because you're embarrassed or you're shameful the harder it's going to be to move past it, the worse you are going to feel. Mm-hmm. But 99% of the time, whenever you own it and you speak it out loud to someone else, you are met with, like, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I do that. I think that I feel that way. And then it's just this, like, ah, yeah, I feel so much better
0: because, oh, I'm a human just like everybody else. Yeah, so- that is so true, Marcy. So, so true. Anyway, <laughs> look, I feel better already and nothing's changed since I got on the call with you guys, right? <laughs> right. Nothing's well. changed. It's all exactly the same way as it was. So ladies listening, go find some friends and uh, that you can trust and tell them what you're thinking about. Exactly. Tell them mm-hmm. What's bothering you and uh, just hearing that other people relate and you're not alone can really, really just help.
2: Mm-hmm. So true.
0: Well, how was everybody's Thanksgiving on a lighter note?
2: Was it Thanksgiving? I feel like it's already like... <laughs> December 15th, Happy but New I, Year. I, <laughs> right? It was good. And uh, I mean, it was a, it was a certainly like, I think for most people, it was a blur of a weekend for me. Like I just, it, it came and went and I don't even have anything to say that we did. Like we just kinda, you know, did our, did our birthday celebration, did our holiday celebration on Friday. And then like watched a bunch of football and like, and eased we into, are. into Monday. I don't know, like, what about you guys?
0: Mars, how about you?
1: You know, Thanksgiving was bizarre this year, for lack of a better word. Uh, I I don't know if I have talked about this on the podcast, but the holidays used to be my thing. I took control over all of it, and I did all the cooking. I didn't really do the shopping. We kind of had this, like teamwork thing. My mom would do the shopping as much as I'd love to go to the grocery store. I literally go to the store like every day just to get a few things because I enjoy it. Uh, People think I'm crazy, but I do not like shopping during the holidays. So my mom would do the shopping. I would do all the cooking, my dad or whoever I was, you know, dating or married to at the time would do the taste testing. It was perfect. Uh, and yeah, well, obviously last year with COVID, we didn't do anything. So that was different. And then this year I was like, I can't do it. I have too much other stuff going on. I do not have the physical or the mental capacity to run the show like mm-hmm. I have in years past. So, I didn't do a damn thing. I didn't bake one thing, I didn't shop for anything, I didn't cook anything, uh and it was it was a little weird, but it was kind of nice at the same time. So, I got to be honest, I I worked most of Thanksgiving. I did work out and yeah, that was pretty much it, but it feels like Thanksgiving's already come and gone. What? It just, mm-hmm. it's crazy.
0: I know It it is and funny. Like in California,
1: happening. the weather has been so beautiful that it doesn't even feel like the holidays.
2: It's, oh, wow. warm, it's
0: sunny. It's clear. So yeah, I'm just like not in that holiday spirit. Well, we're having the opposite here. We went from summer to winter right fast. So it feels like oh, wow. it's very cold here. I enjoyed Thanksgiving. I love that holiday. And actually my favorite part of the day is never the food. We do minute to win it games every year um, that I'm in charge of with the people who come and we have such a great time. And this year I really struggled to find some because I've been doing it for so many years now. I feel like we've done them all. And so I was searching the internet, I was searching TikTok and I finally found a couple. And it turns out people said this is our best year yet. We played some really fun games. Um, my daughter came up with a great one that she did in her music class. Guys, this is a really fun game. You all should play this. You get somebody to just get a word generator from like the internet and one person reads, whatever the word is. And then you have two teams and you raise your hand. Like that's the buzzer when you hear the word and you have to sing a phrase from a song that has that word in it. Right. Uh So it could be, and it's hilarious. My one son never sings. He was like the rock star of the game. He was getting song and it can be any genre. All different ages of people play it. Wow. We had so much fun with that game.
2: That's a great one.
0: Yeah. It was a really good one. That was a really good one fun. Yeah. And then we played one that was the other favorite one we you get rolls of toilet paper, and you go to a nice long table. And at one end of the table, you set like a wine glass filled with water very close to the top with water, you have two of these and it's a race. And then you have the toilet paper unrolled and at the other end people are racing to roll it back up and get the wine glass to them. But if it spills even a little bit it disintegrates the toilet paper, and it stops. And so it's a race, but it's the funniest race because you say go and nothing happens because people are moving so slowly at first, but it was really competitive to see who could, uh, who could win. And so we did that one in rounds and had like a, an ultimate winner. It was fun. It was a good Thanksgiving. Amazing.
2: Oh, that's wonderful.
0: And yeah, I, I was a little worried about you, Kim. Cause I was like, I have not seen Kim
1: on Instagram. <laughs> I sent a message to our podcast, uh, text message thread. I'm like, Kim has not responded. <laughs> I know. Thrived. You know what, ladies? I want your private message.
0: Like, can you just tell me that everything's okay? <laughs> you should. I would have responded to that. I just totally checked out and I had not intended to do it. I was telling you, ladies, I had a little brouhaha on TikTok. It just, things kind of blew up over there. It upset me. I deleted the TikTok app. Not my account. Just got it off my phone. And then just kind of just, I had no intention of not showing up on Instagram. I had a post ready and everything, but it just kind of flipped a switch in me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this. I'm not going to do it this weekend. And so I did. I got totally off social. I wasn't answering texts unless it was like relevant, like, hey, what time should I be there? And um, just stayed off of all of it uh, for the whole weekend. It was good. Try it, guys. we Will do. I think
2: every time I've ever done that or I've talked to anyone who's done that, the result is is invariably I just had the best experience ever. Like never, ever has someone been like, gosh, I really missed Instagram when I got off it for the last 48 hours, 100% of the time. I mean, I don't know why I don't do it more often because that's always the answer.
0: Yeah. And I thought like, because usually if I like kind of take a little break, it just means a break from posting. I'm usually still very active in my stories. And this time I just wasn't. And it was a little bit of a relief because I was just like I just share a lot, and I think sometimes sharing a lot can be draining when I don't even realize it's draining. Mm.
2: It, is. it is. Yeah,
1: and that's really interesting because I'm consistent with my posting, but I I don't love being in stories. I don't love sharing every bit of my life, and I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I know that's something that I want to say like I need to get better about to like connect with people more but it's just not what I want to do. I don't. I think
2: you probably provide a lot more value if you're someone who is posting in your static feed. Like I'm someone who's alive in stories, mostly because that's accessible and easy and there's like zero barrier to entry. Like I flip open Instagram and I can film my kids or my dogs or myself and it's easy, but rarely does it provide a ton of value for anyone other than just like a quick dopamine hit or a little bit of entertainment. So- I mean Marcy for you as a coach and what you do I think you are showing up in ways that like are immeasurably valuable.
0: It's true. You are. Uh, well let's get yeah. to some coaching <laughs> topics here. Wow, we've kind of just gone all over the place here I with haven't either, oh. I know. <laughs> but we do actually Therapy have a session <laughs> to discuss today and that is talking about a deficit mindset. When I say that, you might be like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I know what a deficit is because if you've been listening to us, I'm sure you've heard us talk about a calorie deficit. But being in a calorie deficit is very different than having a deficit mindset. Um, And being in a deficit mindset can be really um, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for, guys? What's the opposite of useful? It can be counterproductive. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. It can be counterproductive to your goals. So I want to start here. Let's start by giving some specific examples of what a deficit mindset looks like so that people understand and can recognize it in themselves. Marcy, do you want to go first? Give us some examples of what that would look like. So being in a deficit
1: mindset is assuming that you are actually in a calorie deficit, but things are happening, whether you are aware of them or not. Oftentimes people aren't even fully aware of them. This is where like the bites, licks and tastes situation can come into effect where, yeah. Oh, I'm in, let's say you're tracking macros. So I'm tracking my macros and I'm eating mostly nutrient dense foods. I'm hitting my numbers. I don't understand why I'm not making progress, but they're forgetting about all of those things that are sneaking in that they are not accounting for. So they're in that mindset of, I'm trying to be more intentional. I'm trying to make better choices. I am practicing restraint. I'm saying no to certain things. You know, they're really like essentially doing the work, yet there are ways in which things are sneaking in that are uh, getting through their level of awareness.
0: Yeah. And so the deficit is on paper only. So there's not actually a deficit present, but in your mind, you're in a deficit and you're working towards that and you're not seeing results. And that can be incredibly frustrating. That's yes. one really good example. Katie, another example of what um, being in a deficit mindset would look like.
2: I think from the perspective of actually being at maintenance, you can still be in a deficit mindset mm-hmm. and it can be something as simple as saying, well, I'm at maintenance, but I'm still practicing flexible dieting in a way that is truly not at all flexible like maybe you're at maintenance and you're hitting your your tdee every day um, and you're not gaining or losing and your body is staying the same however you are not incorporating new foods you're eating the same five things all the time you are not exposing yourself to anything new your your flexibility is coming in the sense that okay maybe someday i have like avocado for my fat and some days You know, I have a little bit of salmon, you know, for my fat, as opposed to giving yourself true flexibility and having a larger variety of foods. Because I think sometimes when people are really staying, like trying to be perfectionists in their flexible dieting mindset, um, you wind up just sort of going into this more like micro version of binge and restrict where you're talking about like, okay, I'm good all week. And then I have a cheat meal or uh, it's a birthday. And then I just, you know, let everything go and, and, you know, oh, I feel like crap, but it's okay. Back at it the next day, except you're doing this in maintenance, which is a time that you should be truly embracing life. And if you're still doing all that diet activity while still in maintenance, that is being in a deficit mindset.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent example. And so no matter what your goal is, whether it's maintenance or whether it's deficit, you can see how being in this deficit mindset is not useful to your goals. Um, I'm going to give you guys an example. This is a really good friend of mine and she's done this for years. Very not. It's so funny when, when, um, you know, this is what I do for a living. And yet I have really close friends who struggle with weight loss. And, you know, you you can't always help your, you, you can't always help those closest to you, right? They're not always yeah. that open to it. And we talk a little bit about it, but she'll say things to me And I, and she's so frustrated and she'll say to me, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. Like I only had a small slice of pie. I really wanted more and I didn't have it. And I I'm still not losing weight. The scale's still not moving. And it's just a constant stream of this from her of all of the things she feels she is sacrificing yet. She's not seeing results. Now, why is she not seeing results? Clearly she's not overall in a deficit, but in her mind, She has so restricted herself. It's this Mm -hmm. constant uh, laundry list of all the things that she is sacrificing. And that's exhausting to constantly feel like I'm trying so hard, but I'm not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure there are bells going off in people's heads right now after you've heard the three of us talk that, that this is really familiar to you because it's a place where so many women find themselves for many, many years, right? Like they're trying to lose weight. They're not being successful in their mind. They're, um, they're losing weight, but in reality, they're not, they're stuck or they have finally transferred to maintenance and they're still living as though they're in a deficit. And all of this is, is exhausting. So mm-hmm. let's talk about if people are recognizing this guys, what can they do? What should a person do if they're like, hey, that's me raising my hand. Katie, let's start with you. What are, there's, there's obviously more than one answer to this. So let's just kind of brainstorm um, some of our best options.
2: Sure. So for me personally, I'm someone who actually lived in, I think, a deficit mindset while in maintenance for a really long time, because I was so focused on maintaining a physique that was lean. And so in order to do that, even while I was at maintenance calories, which were real healthy, like we're talking 22 or so 100 calories, I was very rigid in my flexibility, if that makes any sense. And so, um, you know, it was again, like I uh, said a little bit before, it was mostly the same meals every day. It was ensuring protein was a priority at all times. It was practicing a lot of the same things and tips and tricks that I would tell someone in a deficit in my everyday life when I was not in a deficit, which was leading to things like a super bloated belly because of all of the volume foods. or feeling like I, if I, if I didn't, you know, hit my goal of five days in the gym, I was somehow gonna lose my progress. When that sort of um, limiting, limited mindset, and and uh, oh, what's the opposite of abundance?
1: Scarcity.
2: Scarcity. Thank you. That scarcity mindset, um, while in maintenance, was really just perpetuating this this deficit, right, or this deficit mindset. So once I started to realize that. Nothing changed was nothing was going to change if I didn't change and so I had to sort of like welcome the discomfort of doing things like not being in the gym so much and instead of saying like okay I'm going to wait to have that piece of cake to my daughter's birthday on Thursday. I'm going to actually just have something today and I'm going to have that cake on Thursday. It was that type of lifestyle shifts because here's the thing guys like it's really hard when you work so hard and you're in a deficit and you lose weight and you get to your goals and then you reverse out, right? And we always talk about how oh our protein stays the same and then our fat and carbs grow, right? Because that's life, that's where life happens is in is in the fat and carbs. And that's all true, but if you carry everything else with you, all of those deficit activities with you, that's where you're going to run into problems. So it comes down to like crossing some things off. Like, yes, protein is really important. Let's not forget it. But if you have a meal that does not have protein in it, you're going to be fine. If you only do four out of six of your exercises in the gym that day, that's going to be perfectly good too. And I think those are the small things that I had to sort of enlist in order to let go of that deficit mindset in
0: maintenance. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good stuff, Katie.
1: Yeah. And I I think, you know, it's one of those things where what you do most of the time matters more than what you do some of the time. And yes, when you are in a deficit, you have to be way more adherent so that I don't even know where like the 80% consistency, like who came up with that? I don't know, but you know, let's go with it, I guess. So yes, you need to be anywhere from 80 to hundred percent consistent to make the progress when you are trying to lose fat But to Katie's point, when you are in maintenance, things can uh, be a little bit looser and that is okay. So I talk about self-trust a lot with my clients because I am someone who I trusted myself almost too much when it came to being able to hit my numbers, get my steps, do my workouts, but I didn't trust myself to loosen the reins. And like what Katie was saying just step off the gas or allow myself to not do the things that I, for years felt that I absolutely had to do to make the progress. So developing that that sense of self-trust, which can be difficult. It can Mm -hmm. be um, like mentally stressful for people who have been in that deficit mindset for a really long time. And they've, you know, been doing these habits with like extreme precision. So to let go of them is a little bit scary. Like they don't know what is going to happen on the Mm -hmm. other side of that. So you have to put yourself in the position. It's like exposure therapy where I am going to go for one day without tracking my food, or maybe it can't, it's not even a full day. I'm just going to do one meal where I don't track my food. So I'm going to go out to eat And I'm not going to try to pre-plan it in my fitness pal. I'm not going to think about the numbers. I'm just going to go enjoy, try to eat mindfully. You know, we've talked about this, like leave the bites behind if I'm not, or if I become satisfied and yeah, just practice building that trust with yourself and realizing that when I let go a little bit, nothing bad happens. And if most of the time I'm within my calorie targets, I'm getting, you know, an average of however many steps per day, uh, I'm doing at least, you know, two to three workouts, then I'm going to be fine because it's way easier to maintain your progress than it is to make the progress.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll say this about deficit mindset in maintenance. I was just speaking to one of my members this morning about this. Um, being, um, very intentional and cautious about the weight that you choose to maintain. Um, and Katie, I think you were kind of touched on this briefly. If you choose to maintain an incredibly lean weight, you will likely struggle to actually live comfortably in maintenance. Mm -hmm. Um, because your body's not actually comfortable in that Mm -hmm. super low level of body fat and you want to be higher. And so in order to stay there, you really do need to constantly be working on that, all those things um, that don't allow you to live um, a more abundant life when it comes to food um, Mm -hmm. in maintenance. And so selecting a weight carefully, that is a weight you like how you look and can comfortably maintain, I think can really be a big piece of not staying in a deficit mindset in maintenance.
1: Well, the other thing you have to consider is what do you really want? Because this is something I've written about in my content. One round of fat loss is likely not going to get you to your ideal physique. Maybe it will. If so, lucky you. (laughs) But I know for me, even after years and years of doing everything right, My last fat loss phase, which was two years ago, I got to the end of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am so small. Like I do not have nearly as much muscle as I thought I did. And I was having this conversation with my coach Vince a couple of weeks ago, because I finally set up a check-in call with him. (laughs) Uh, And he was like, yeah, I mean, the fact that we had to like take your calories so low that you had to get to such a low body weight to, you know, like reveal that physique was showing that you had a lot of muscle that you actually needed to put on. So I have now not been dieting for two years and am I a little bit uncomfortable? Yeah, I am. Hopefully I put on some muscle in that time. But if you are saying that like, I want to be more muscular, I want to have a better looking physique. Well, then I'm sorry, but you're probably going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable for a little bit of time. The scale is going to go up because muscle weighs something. You are going to have to eat more. So if you don't want to just keep spinning your wheels and looking like the same version of yourself, every fat loss phase, then you have to get out of that diet mindset and actually put in the work to do what you say you want to do.
0: Absolutely. That's great advice, Marcy. Now, for those of you who listening are like, I'm not anywhere near wanting to be in maintenance because I know so and this is, this is typically the woman that that comes to me is women who've been, as I was attempting to lose weight for a really long time five, 10, 15, 20 years where they've, it's constantly like, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to, now I want to lose 20, 30 pounds. Maybe they're constantly gaining weight and they're just not being successful. And they've yo-yo dieted and there've been long stretches where they're sort of trying to lose weight, but they're not finding success. And they just already feel burnt out on dieting and they haven't even made any progress yet. And if that is you, as I'm sure it is many people, um, there would be two options I would suggest for you. And with either of them, I think it comes back to the kind of crass phrase, pee or get off the pot. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't stay where you are and find success. You need to pick a path and follow it. And Mm -hmm. the two paths I would suggest for you, and it's going to be different, which one I would say person to person is either take a really serious, dedicated maintenance phase. And it doesn't have to even be that long. If you're a person who's never purposely been in maintenance, take a couple of months where you're practicing being in maintenance. And then you might find that you're really ready to finally hit a deficit with consistency when you haven't been restricting yourself so much. So that would be one suggestion for many people. And the other one is just commit, seriously commit to 30 days of high level consistency. Now to do this, you're going to need really a good plan. It has to be Here's the thing: People often they go into something like that, and they don't even have a clear plan. They're like, "I'm just going to do this really well for 30 days," and they don't have a clear definition of what that is that they want to do. And so, if you're going to be tracking calories, be very clear on what those calories are. Make sure that they're set at a moderate amount. Ladies, don't just pick 1,200 and try and go for it. It's likely not the number for you unless you're already very small. So get calories set, get them set very well and commit to 30 days with high. And Marcy's like, where'd that 80% come from? I don't know who came up with it, but gosh, it really is a benchmark. Um, And if you're somebody, frankly, who has been in a deficit mindset for a long time, I'd even go 85, 90%. Like, Mm -hmm. because I want you to have the experience of seeing like what can really happen when I am very consistent with hitting my calories, hitting my protein. So I really like the strategy. Um, Our friend Jordan Sight is the person who I learned this from. I don't know that he invented it, but the idea of having a consistency calendar, it's something I do with all my course members. You get a calendar, you print it out, and you give yourself an X every day that you hit your calorie target and your Mm -hmm. protein target. Okay. And you watch that because what happens is you can see like in your mind, like versus what is actually there. People are usually stunned. When I first show my clients, like what their consistency has been, they're like, but it felt so hard. Because here's the thing: 70%, 75% can feel really hard, yet get you no results. Where if you bump that up to 80, 85% and you're actually seeing the results, the amount of work that it feels is not that actually different how hard it feels, but one, you're actually getting friggin' results. Mm-hmm. So get a consistency calendar, get really good numbers and commit to stick to it for 30 days. I think you're gonna finally see that boost of like, oh, this does work for me. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And for those people who are afraid and fearful of of taking this step into a place that is not a deficit, mental or physical, let me say this, ongoing deficits, no matter what kind they are, whether they're physical, whether they're mental. So you can certainly, like I said, be in a deficit, even in maintenance, even in the building phase, but basically you are putting your, your metabolic health on a credit card, right? You're going to have to pay it back and it comes with interest. So the longer you keep kicking this can down the road, the higher the interest payment's going to be when you do have to recover. So, you know, again, if you're sitting here like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm scared. I'm scared. Know that the longer you wait, Kim, to your, to your saying in the beginning of what you had said, like the harder it's going to be to sort of find and establish your equilibrium again. I'm someone, oh. it took me about a year. I am almost exactly one year from the time I decided I was going to make some big shifts and that was a lot longer than I thought it was gonna take. I thought I was gonna do like a, a low map, like elimination protocol followed by like no restriction of any kind and kind of balance out maybe somewhere in March, good news for you know summer when I was gonna be putting on a swimsuit. And it was the opposite. In fact, I think my peak weight might've come somewhere around the end of the summer before it started to kind of like even out and come back down a little bit. Frankly, I haven't even measured myself or weighed myself since July, but I know there are a lot of people out there who are like, I'm afraid to do this because of the scale. And that's something that, let me just say, it is worth the effort um, because again, you're gonna have to pay it back at some point and the sooner you do it, the, the, the better
0: off you'll be. Yeah, love that, fantastic advice. And anybody else, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here in a really short period of time. Anybody have anything else to add? I think people have some really good um, action steps to consider here. Yeah, I love what you said,
1: Kim, about putting the 30-day timeframe on it. Or maybe it even needs to be a little bit longer, you know, if you have more to lose. But 30 days is a good starting point. But that's yeah. something that I've been incorporating with a lot of clients right now who they're like, well, how, mo- how long am I going to be doing this deficit? And, and some people don't really mind having that arbitrary kind of like end date insight. I mean, I'm not going to tell them, oh, we're dieting for a year, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but some people really like to know that on this day I am done. So it's that dangling carrot that they have in front of them. And when they know with certainty that even if I'm not at my goal, at least I get a break, whether that's a diet break, whether that's reverse dieting and going to maintenance So yeah, if you're not just staring into that dark abyss of like, yeah, what is the, what is the end date, then it can be a little bit easier to put your head down and just, you know charge on Mm -hmm. a hundred
0: percent agree with that. And I wasn't suggesting that I think people are going to reach their goals in 30 days, but I think so many people have never been able to actually make it 30 days with consistency that they haven't actually experienced what success looks like. And I think you can get that taste in 30 days. And then you can take a little break, even if that's like, you know, like a week at maintenance or just a week of not tracking. And then you can kind of be like, all right, going again, 30 more days. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. You know, um, I think those kind of numbers can help people.
1: Well, and I just want to say one more thing because everybody is different in terms of the strategy that they need, the approach that works for them. So also decide what works for you. There are some clients that I have, and I know you guys can probably relate to this where, you know, they like the same macros across the board every single day of the week. That is what works for them. Some like higher calories on training days, some like lower calorie days, like they can really push through the lower calorie days, Monday through Friday, knowing that Saturday and Sunday or Friday on Friday and Saturday, they have that maintenance break to look forward to. So don't just put yourself into one box, figure out what is the strategy that is going to work best for me. And that is going to allow me to be a little bit more adherent. And then my other suggestion would be try not to let the scale or slower progress, really distract you and just keep doing the work. Because if you give up, if you go off track, if you have that mindset of it's not working, I may as well just do whatever I want. I call it the scale self-sabotage, which works two ways, by the way. (laughs) One is I see the number it's gone up. This isn't working. I'm going to do whatever, or it's what I call moral licensing. Oh, look at the scale coming down. Oh, look at me looking a little bit leaner. I can cheat a little bit here, I like can afford I can, to
0: X. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it can go both ways. So be really mindful of that. Um, but, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but <laughs> essentially just, uh, yeah, don't let your progress, I mean, let the progress encourage you to keep going, but also don't let it be this license to, step your foot off the gas, because that's going to get you in the same spot where now you're not being as consistent. The results are going to slow down and you're going to be
0: back in that mindset again. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I do with my clients and my course members to really help with that is to, well, with my clients, I do it for them with my course members. I teach them how to do it, um, how to do a third, a, a progress review every four weeks. And so, and that doesn't mean let's just see how much we've lost and how many inches we've lost, but they look at their consistency. So mm. that they look and see like, okay, out of these last four weeks, so out of 28 days, how many did I actually hit my calorie targets? How many days did I hit my steps? How many workouts did I get in? Cause it can really help to see like, oh, all right, well, I wasn't as consistent as I thought. That's why I didn't make any progress or didn't make as fast a progress as I want. I feel good about that. I don't have that confused feeling of nothing works for me. You know, that classic, everyone says like, it's not work. it's just not working. It can just really take a load off of people's shoulders to be like, oh, okay, I see what I need to tweak now. Like I'm not hitting my calories on weekends or like I don't get my steps in most days or whatever it is. And it can give them a really clear action step of this is what I need to do to improve this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Radical honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works. It works. Nice. Well, thank you ladies. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you all for joining us and listening in message us. If you have any questions, if you want to talk more about this topic, Katie, do you, can you remind people, how did you, you found some way that people were leaving us messages. Do you remember off the top of it your was head was on
2: anchor? I think it was on the anchor app. So if that's the way you're getting our podcasts, you can leave us a voice recording yeah. message. Otherwise, I'm not sure if there's another way that we get pinged for messages to be out. Okay. But certainly our DMS. Yeah. We'll always answer those.
0: Always answer DMS. Um, all three of us are in there. So messages there. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Bye everyone. ladies. Bye. Talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.